Welcome to Awakened to Grace. Today we welcome our great friend, Pastor David Hamm, who is one of the pastors of Times Square Church in Manhattan in New York City. Well, Pastor David came this year to Preaching Christ Church, and oh, how the Lord used him. I know that today's sermon from Pastor David is going to build your faith, it's going to strengthen your heart, and it's going to set a fire underneath you to go and share Jesus with everyone around you. I hope you enjoy today's edition of Awakened to Grace. It's been an incredible time here in Kingsport, and uh, just so grateful, uh, so grateful to be here. Pastor Glenn, love you, brother. Ashley, thank you so much. Pastor Eric, I mean, you guys... Uh, it's just been such a blessing, and uh, the Lord is here, and this is his church, and uh, I'm just excited, and uh, it's been a joy for, for Tyler and I to, come, to ride around Kingsport, and where we've stopped and eaten and gone, and we tell people we're from New York, but it's been a joy to tell people we're here at Preaching Christ Church, and, um, and we got it down, 707 Sullivan Street, let's go, Kingsport, <laughs> Tennessee. We got this, you know, and uh, we've done our best in the last two days to let people locally just know where to go if you're in town, where to go, you know, if you're in the area, you come to preach in Christ Church because you're going to get Jesus Christ and you're going to hear the gospel, you're going to hear good news, the presence of God is here, the Holy Spirit is here, and there has to be going forward, just as a church, you and I, more than ever before, we've got to be a voice in this community. We're in really, really dark times, so we have to be the light. The light of Christ Jesus is, is in us, and we have a responsibility to be a light in the darkest of places. Man, you know, back at home, you know, you may know New York City, uh, Times Square Church. We're right there in the heart of it all, and our particular community is known as Hell's Kitchen. I always tell our church, I said, we're going fishing in Hell's Kitchen. Y'all didn't get that. Some of you did, but we're going fishing. Like, you know, we're, we're called to be fishers of men. As a church, as brothers and sisters, as believers in, in Jesus Christ, we're, we're called to go fishing right here in our neighborhood. And, and this is not the time to back down. I just want to encourage you this morning, this afternoon. I just I want you to know that no, no one is exempt from this incredible calling. This call to go fishing, this call to be a witness, this call to be a light in the darkest of places. You know, and I'm, I'm realizing where I'm at at Times Square Church, I've got a great responsibility to get to know my neighborhood more and more each and every day, to, to be amongst God's people, to walk around, you know. There, there's, a, there's a guy, he's homeless, his name is Steve, and he's just, he, he he just kind of lives on the street. You know, Tyler knows him too. He's right around in our community. And I remember the first time I met Steve because he's a really good writer. You know, so he'll write on like, like a cardboard piece of paper, like really at my lowest, really down. Anything that you could help me with, I'd be very grateful. I mean, he's just really good with his words. And he wrote all of this out. And I just kind of, I was walking by and it was like the Holy Spirit just stopped me. And I said, what's up, brother? How you doing, man? And he said, hey, what's up? I said, I'm Dave. What's your name? He's like, Steve, man. It's hard out here on these streets. You know, as, as most homeless people say in New York City, it's really hard out here on these streets. And I said, well, man, let me tell you something. I go to this church, Times Square Church, and he's like, oh, I know about it. I know about it. You know, I, maybe I'll go someday, but, you know, I, you know, look at me, man. Look at me. And I said, yeah, I see you. 
What's the problem? I said, you look great, bro. I said, it doesn't matter to me. Stains, holes, jeans, T-shirt. He's like, yeah, man, I just I haven't been down to the shelter. I mean, this is exact words to me. He's just making all of these excuses. I haven't been down to the shelter, man. I, just, I don't like going to the shelter because when I go to the shelter, people are mean. You know, sometimes you get robbed in the shelter. So I just, I prefer the streets. And I just, I, you know, if I can make enough money today here on the streets, because he was legitimately trying to make enough money just to get into the shelter in the evening, take a shower, and then get back out on the streets. He's like, maybe if I, if I shower, you know, say maybe I'll go visit church. I said, forget the shower. I said, come to my church, man. I said, there's another shower that goes on in God's house. I want you to experience that shower. I said, come on, man. I said, I just, I just want you to go. You know, really? Really? What? I said, listen, when you come into God's house, God's house, the Father's house, in the, my Father's house, there's no judgment. You just come just as you are. Come just as you are. And I said, you're going to, I said, when you come, I said, I said, trust me, brother. I said, the people that are in God's house at Times Square Church, we're just going to love on you. We're going to make sure you get a seat. And it won't be in the back. It'll be close to the front. And sure enough, sure enough, when I got on that platform, Pastor Glenn, Pastor Chad, and I looked out, I said, there was, there was Steve, four rows down. You know his spot, Tyler. It's about four rows down, right smack front in the middle. And I'm standing on the platform, and we go into worship, and he's got, you know, he's got long hair, his hair in a ponytail, and he kind of like looks at me. I give him the fist pump across my chest like this, like, that's right, brother. You in the right place. Now, Lord God, I'm asking that you would just shower down on Steve. And, he would not have come to church if I hadn't stepped out of the four walls, stopped in my tracks, trusting the Holy Spirit to lead me in my words, and I had to go get them myself. And do you know still today, still today I still got to go track him down. I know his spots. I know all of his spots where he, 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 he's, he's posted between, you don't know this spot, but between 52nd, 51st, 8th Avenue. That's where he likes to set up and make a little money to go take a shower each day. And when he sleeps at night, he sleeps underneath this Broadway show marquee called Mean Girls. That's his spot. Some of you know the Mean Girls whole fan club thing. I don't know. I don't get it. But anyway. But he sleeps there. You know, because it's just it's, things are so messed up sometimes in our in the shelters that he prefers to be safer out on the streets underneath the marquee of Mean Girls, and sometimes I'll track him down because if I haven't seen him in a while, I'll go get him. Because that's that's really what we're supposed to do, right? Amen. As as fishers of men, in in the effort to continue to live a life that represents Jesus, we go get them. And and wherever I go, I'm I'm, I'm asking the Lord to help me help me know my community. Those who are broken, those who are hurting, those who are lost. And, and so sometimes I got I to go get Steve. Uh, there's a coffee shop that, that I absolutely love to go to. It's, and and there's, a, there's a young girl that's there. She works all day on Sunday. Her name is Oliva. And so she's never able to, Oliva is never able to really come on Sundays. But I make sure to go get my coffee there and remind her, I just want you to know once again that Jesus loves you. Then there's another coffee shop further down, and it's a great little bakery. And I go in there, and his name is Justin, and he works all day Sunday, too. And I go, what's up, Justin? Good to see you. And he always goes, how's the church doing? And I'm like, church is doing good, man. It'd be great if you were actually with us. Justin, I love you, bro. God bless you, man. Jesus cares. How can I pray for you today? We have got to ask that question more often to those that are around us here in Kingsport. I'm telling you, here in Kingsport, let it be known that preaching, that, that preaching Christ church is notorious for asking this question when they run into you. How can I pray for you today? 
telling you, church, it really doesn't take much to just turn to your coworker, your friend, your neighbor, the stranger that's walking down the street. You stop into the gas station. You go to Pals. You go to, to IHOP. You go to Braden's Barbecue. I don't care where you go, but y'all got some spots to go. I'll tell you that. But, but every time you go pick up your sweet tea, you should be asking whoever gave you that sweet tea, how can I pray for you today? Because I see a whole lot of you walking around with some sweet tea. Y'all be sipping on that sweet tea like it's coffee. Good Lord Jesus. Come on, somebody. Imagine for every person that handed you a sweet tea would hear about Jesus when they passed it to you. Imagine every person, for every time you grab a sweet tea, you look at them in the eyes and you say, how can I pray for you today? Even though you need prayer, even though you're rushing to get to church, even though you need a breakthrough, even though you need a miracle. But imagine that preaching Christ church, every time they picked up a sweet tea, somebody heard about the love of Jesus Christ. That's how it's got to be. For the sake of one. For one. Mark. Chapter 2, and when he returned to Capernaum after some days, it was reported that he was at home, Jesus, and many were gathered together so that there was no more room in Mark chapter 2. Not even at the door, this place was crowded, Peter's house was crowded. And he was preaching the word to them, and they came bringing to him a paralytic carried by four men. And when they could not get near him because of the crowd, because I truly believe that they tried to get near, but when they could not, Scripture says when they could not get near him, which means there was an effort made to get to Jesus. They attempted to get into the house, but they couldn't get into the house. When they could not get through, them boys removed a roof above him. And when they had made an opening, they let down the bed on which the paralytic lay. Mark chapter 2, verse 5. And when Jesus saw their faith, not one, but their faith, I believe the faith of the paralytic, and four, four with faith. He said to the paralytic, son, your sins are forgiven. Now, some of the scribes that were sitting there, because not everybody was a fan of Jesus. There was just some religious folk that were sitting there in that meeting. Questioning in their hearts, why does this man speak like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? And immediately Jesus, perceiving in his spirit that they thus questioned within themselves and said to them, why do you question these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say to the paralytic? Huh? Your sins are, are forgiven or to say, rise, take up your bed and walk. But that you may know that the son of man has authority on earth to forgive sins. Hallelujah. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, rise, pick up your bed, go home. And he rose and immediately picked up his bed and went out before them all so that they were all amazed and glorified God saying, we never saw anything like this. Turn to somebody and tell them, we never saw anything like this. Could you imagine in Kingsport that the buzz around town is? That whatever is going on in preaching Christ church, we never saw anything like this. Because I, I truly believe, and I say this with all of my heart, that the Lord wants to bring forth revival here in his church. 
right here preaching Christ church. I, I believe it. I just firmly believe it. I don't know what the other churches are doing here in Kingsport because I ain't never been to any other churches in Kingsport. I'm all about preaching Christ church. It just, it is what it is. I was here last year. I'm back. I don't think, did I do a Sunday? Oh, somebody, it's a good day. It's my first time on a Sunday. Praise God. Breakthrough faith. That's what I want to talk to you about this morning. Breakthrough faith. And I'm not talking about breakthrough faith for simply yourself in the things that you're going through. I'm talking about breakthrough faith for somebody else. Breakthrough faith for somebody else. You see, four, four, four men were moving in faith for the sake of someone else who was desperately in need of a breakthrough. Four men showed up a little late. Everybody else had already found their seat. They'd found their spot in the house. There was a VIP section. There was a deacon section, an elder section. Everybody had a seat. And nobody seemed to have given up their seat for the paralytic because the four men in faith tried to get into the house, but there was no room. Straight out the door, it spilled out. And I began to think about what that kind of represents for many churches across the country. Churches that are filling up. Churches that are, are growing in a sense Churches that maybe enjoy what's happening inside, but are there four that are willing to, to show up with somebody who can't get there on their own? And are, are we a church that are coming in, sitting comfortably, without a sense of urgency, moving in faith on behalf of somebody who can't get here on their own? I don't want to do church as usual. The church that I know that God is calling us to is a church that is moving with a sense of urgency, desperate for lost souls, moving forward in the effort to reach paralytics. I don't want to just come on my own and find my seat. I've got a responsibility as a soul winner to call the paralytics, to go get them and bring them here to preach in Christ church. Can I get an amen? amen. Listen, we can't do church as usual. You cannot approach church casually. There has to be a desperation and a burden in our hearts for those less fortunate, for those that have been marginalized, for those that are, are broken, for those that are hurting, for those that are poor, for those that can't seem to get here on their own, for those that feel like they don't deserve to be in God's house, for those that feel like I'm too dirty, for those who feel like if you only knew my past, for those that feel like I'm not worth it, for those that feel like if you only knew what I was getting into the night before, those are the paralytics that we need to go get. We got to go get them. They belong here. They need to know that Jesus loves them. They need to know that there's healing in the house. They need to know that we have a Savior. And you and I need to be a testimony of the power of the Holy Spirit to believing that the paralytics can get up and walk again. And I believe that those four were like, look, we brought you here. I know it looks like we can't get in, but we're going to get you to Jesus. Those four were like, we're not taking you back the same way. We came all this way. Besides that, you are heavy, and I'm not carrying you back home. <laughs> we brought you this far. And my faith, my faith in Jesus causes me to believe that some way, somehow, 
We're going to get you to the master. We're going to get you to Jesus Christ. I believe it. Uh, you see, I believe that the four truly were walking by faith and not by sight. Because if they were walking by sight, they would have been like, nah, let's just go back home. We'll try another day and come back to Peter's house and see if we can do this. But I'm going to tell you something. When you're walking by faith and not by sight, you live a life expecting a miracle. You live a life expecting breakthrough. You live a life expecting deliverance. You live a life expecting healing, knowing that Jesus if I can just if I can just touch the hem of his garment I know my life is going to be radically transformed so no no bro we're not going back home here's the paralytic his body crippled he's from, from probably from the waist down he's just he, he shakes his, he can't move he's, his, his bones his muscles everything's decaying and he's just he feels awkward. He feels uncomfortable. He's, he's completely dependent on these guys. But thank God that his dependency is alongside of four guys that are believing in faith in Jesus Christ. And they will not back down. And hey, nobody made room. Hey, nobody turned around and said, oh, wow, really? Someone here is broken and hurting? Let's make a little space so that he can come in. Nobody moved. Nobody shifted. Nobody cared. Everyone was just sitting comfy, cozy in the house. All right. Fine. Because there are four. Because when there are just maybe one or two, three, four here at Preaching Christ Church that are moving in faith, something radical happens. You see, faith goes beyond legalism and faith goes beyond the rules and faith goes beyond the parameters of man that cause us to draw back. Faith in Jesus causes us to move and do life in a supernatural way. And so when your faith is in Jesus, you're not afraid of the obstacles in your way. You're not afraid of the circumstances that you're facing in life. When your faith is in Jesus, you don't flinch in the moment of, of, of struggle. You don't flinch in the moment of despair. You don't flinch when it, when it looks like there is no way possible for me to move forward. My situation is so bad. This situation is, is so overwhelming. But when your faith is in Jesus, I'm going to find a way to get through this. So come on, bro, we're going to the roof. Let's go. The roof. What are you guys doing? Come on, man. I don't, I don't know. We're, we're going through the roof. I know this looks really strange and really different. I know this looks like we shouldn't be doing this, but I'm not here to please man. I'm not here to look cool. I'm not here to say all the right things and do all the right things. I'm just here because I want to get to Jesus and you need to get to Jesus and I'm standing with you and we're going to get to him. So we're going through the roof. That's right. They make their way up to the top of the roof. 2,000 years ago, the way they built homes would be a little set of stairs that take you right up to the roof. Homes weren't very high back then. They were small. They were tiny. But still, the idea of breaking into somebody's rooftop is just a little bit uncomfortable for me. <laughs> Especially when you're breaking into Peter's house. Not a good idea. That guy will cut you. All right? I remember the paralytic man, he's, just, he's, he's laid out on a mat, and so we can't just dig a small hole. We have to really just tear up this grass and this dirt and kind of break through this clay. <laughs> I mean, I, I, can, I can imagine, here's, here, you know, Jesus, you know, front and center, and he's just teaching and 
expounding on just the love of the Father and how he, he's here because the Father sent him. And if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I can imagine him just expressing these, these amazing things. And all of a sudden, like, this, this dirt and clay just starts dropping. Like, I picture, like, these, this clay and dirt just dropping on Peter's head and him, like, just whipping out his knife, like, hold up. Somebody trying to rob my house right now. <laughs> I can imagine Jesus being like, take it easy. Take it easy. You know, relax. You know, who Jesus is in this moment for me is such a, a beautiful thing of, of just kind of knowing that he's omniscient. He's all-knowing. He knows exactly what's about to go down. Nah, take it easy, Peter. I know there's a hole that's happening. You're a good guy. You'll fix that later. Because I need to fix the life of somebody who's moving in faith right now. That's just a roof, but this is a life. This is just a building, but this is a soul. I'm not worried about your building. I'm not worried about the crowd. I'm worried about souls. I didn't come to wow and impress those that simply want to be entertained and be tickled by, by just by the cool things I say. I'm not here for those who are just simply curious. I'm not here for those who are simply just kind of wanting to do the religious thing. I'm here for people who desperately need a breakthrough. I'm here for people who want to be healed and set free and delivered. I'm here to, to, to give people my spirit that they would go out out of this church today in the power of the Holy Spirit, knowing that they're healed and set free. That's who God is. So let, let, let the dirt fall. Let the clay fall because something's about to happen that's really special. I can imagine these four, man. Like, all right, paralytics just kind of laying there, you know, helpless. Guys, I don't know about this, man. I can imagine them tying maybe like a piece of rope to each corner of his mat as they slowly start to lower him down. Four guys on each corner of this, this hole of the roof, and they're just they're slowly like, take your time, man, take your time. And the paralytic just kind of there, just, just helpless. Guys, man, I, I, I believe, but help my unbelief. And I, I imagine four guys go, man, just have faith, bro. You're almost there. You're almost there. I can imagine him as he's being lowered down. All these people just staring oddly at him. Like, what in the world is going on? I imagine him going, man, this is really uncomfortable. They're looking at me funny. That's all right, bro. Don't worry about what people think. You just put your eyes on Jesus. Just focus on Jesus. Stop worrying about what people think about you, what they say about you, because something supernatural is about to happen. I believe it in faith. I imagine these four just encouraging him all the way down, letting him know it doesn't matter what people think about you, say about you, because when you're in the presence of Jesus, you're in the presence of a miracle, healing and power and salvation. And that's all that matters this afternoon. Jesus. So come on, bro. You're almost there. I imagine the room getting very quiet as everyone was just kind of watching and looking. Everyone kind of just drawing their own conclusion as he comes down. I imagine a paralytic that's really being challenged in that moment to really set his eyes on Jesus and to believe in faith that this is his moment, his miracle moment. You cannot Take your eyes off Jesus. Preaching Christ Church, you cannot take your eyes off Jesus. Your perspective on life is critical. Your perspective on life needs to be fully set based upon the grace and the love of Jesus Christ. 
And so as they draw him down, next thing you know, I believe he's right there laying at the feet of Jesus. And here's this incredible moment. Jesus looks and sees, the Bible says, their faith. I imagine Jesus looking up at the roof, four guys smiling down at him with big smiles, showing all their teeth, whether 30, 15, 10 teeth, it doesn't matter. Jesus says, son, I love that, son, that's what he says, not paralytic, not sick person, not messed up guy, not loser, not failure, son, because when when you come to know Jesus and you put your faith in him, you have an identity. Your identity changes in the presence of Jesus. You and I become sons and daughters of the living God. Son, your sins are forgiven. Meaning this, there were some issues with the paralytic. He's made some mistakes. He's failed in life. He represents brokenness. Not only sickness, not only disease, but sin sickness. He represents a man who has failed. And in that moment, because his faith was in Jesus, right there, in that moment, just by the power of God's word, son, your sins are forgiven. And then, of course, the religious folk always want to make it a little bit more than just simply the word of God speaking into your life. Like, who, what, what? Who is this that forgives sins? This is blasphemy. How in the world does he think he can just forgive this guy's sins. And I love Jesus because, you know, here he is, 100% man, 100% God. He knows exactly what's on their mind. He knows exactly what they're thinking. And I love Jesus because he's like, look, look, hey, 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 hey. All this stuff that you're trying to reason with, all of this logic and all of this intellect that you guys got. Okay, let me, let me throw out a question to you. Well, which one is easier? For me to forgive his sins or to tell this paralytic, rise up, get up and walk? Huh? Which one do you think is easier for me to do? And I love this moment in scripture because he gives them no room to answer the question. Because you can never come to a logical explanation about the supernatural power of God. Did you hear what I said? You can never come to a logical explanation about the supernatural power of God. You know why? Because it's all about faith in Jesus. Faith overrides logic. Faith overrides the ideals of man. Faith overrides human reasoning. It is about faith in Jesus and faith takes priority over my feelings because the danger of man is is we'll we'll mix up our our ability to reason our logic with feelings when 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 man's logic and feelings comes together it is an absolute mess that's what it is and so i surrender my reasoning my intellect and my feelings and i i, I walk by faith and so he goes, look, look, before this thing just gets all out of control here in this house, before you even attempt to try to answer that question, 
Let me just remind you all that I have all power and authority. Let me just remind all of you religious people. Let me just remind all of you that are curious. Let me just remind all of you that are, that are skeptics. Let me just remind all of you that are critical. Let me just remind all the doubters right now that I am the son of God. Let me just remind you right now that heaven is my throne. The earth is my footstool, but my dwelling place is with man. Isn't that amazing? Heaven is his throne. The earth is his footstool. But where Jesus desires to dwell is in the heart of men and women. It's amazing that he would come off his throne, that he would take on flesh, and that he would die for you and I, that we might have life and life more abundantly, that we might have the gift of the Holy Spirit working in us and through us. And so he decides to show off in that moment. I don't want you to even try to answer that question I just gave you because now I'm about to show you. I've got all power and authority. I have forgiven him of his, of his sins and now I'm going to heal his body right now in the name of Jesus. He's healer. The Bible says in, in Psalm 103, 2, 3, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. All his benefits. Who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases, glory to God. He heals us of our sin and he heals our physical body. That's why I'm moved to tears when I hear Pastor Chad share the testimony of that day that I read that prayer request that he put out. That's only, that's only the Holy Spirit working. It's only by the power of the Holy Spirit. Oh, man, he says, okay, all right, let me show off right now because let me tell you something. When we put our faith in Jesus, he will always show off for his glory in your life. Hey, church, when you put your faith in Jesus, God will always show off for his glory in your life so that you and I would continue to be a witness and a testimony of the power of Jesus so that you and I can go get the paralytics. Because there has to be four here at Preaching Christ Church. Is there four that are willing to go get paralytics here in Kingsport? Oh, okay. By the way, let me get back to this. Uh, rise up because you're no longer going to be in this position no more. Rise up. Because you're no longer going to be going to be restricted by this physical ailment. Rise up. Because even though you have been laying here for years, you're going to get a rise up. Now, this is what you're going to do. You're going to pick up your bed. Because the very thing that has represented you being bound is the very thing that you're now going to take authority over. That which has kept you bound. That which has haunted you here in Kingsport. God is going to cause you to rise up and you're going to overcome that thing that you've been dealing with. Some of you have been dealing with something for way too long and there's going to be a breakthrough in faith this afternoon. Rise up, pick up your bed, and I love this, go home. I, I just, I don't even, Pastor Chad, I don't even dare try to over-spiritualize that third one. There's one, rise up. Two, pick up your bed. But three, go home. It's this simple. God wants his people, to walk by faith, not by sight. And every time we go home, we go home in victory. Go home. That part, go home, means a lot to me. You want to know why? Because oftentimes we come running in here and we experience the presence of God. We experience the Holy Spirit. We experience Jesus. We experience a move of God when we worship. We experience an incredible sense of God's presence when Pastor Chad preaches or when Pastor Eric is leading in worship or when Pastor Glenn is sharing. And all of a sudden we're just filled up. But God is calling us to go home with him. 
Go home in victory. Go home as a witness. Go home. I don't care what your home life looks like, but go home knowing that the Holy Spirit is going with you. Go home and bear witness of the power of Jesus Christ. Go home and tell somebody about it. Go home and trust that it's a new day. Go home and live life and life more abundantly. Go home and live right. Go home free from the bondage of sin. Go home healed. Go home. I can't wait till you go home today. I hope you go out singing and dancing. I hope when you go home today, I hope it's so much more than just a football game. Can I get an amen? You know, I'm, I'm serious what I'm saying. Look, I'm the evangelist, so I, I'm going to get on a plane this afternoon and I, I can get out of here real quick, so I got to say what I got to say. Jesus gets the highest praise. I pray that it would always be Jesus that gives you the greatest joy in your heart. And I'm not just speaking to just Kingsport, but there's just a generation now of, of men and women, even back home in New York City, where we give sports the highest praise. We give our favorite quarterback the highest praise. We give our favorite running back the highest praise. We give our favorite coach the highest praise. We see that dude with that leather, that little piece of leather, that little piece of leather cross the line. And in our homes, we just about spill our tea. Because we, 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 just, we, 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 we just shout. We shout if he gets a touchdown. We shout if our favorite quarterback throws an interception. We shout at somebody. And we, we're giving somebody the highest praise. But this afternoon, church, Jesus gets the highest praise. And I'm not talking about a leather football. I'm talking about the one who went to the cross. I'm talking about the one who defeated sin and death. I'm talking about the one who gave us life and life more abundantly. He gets the highest praise. And so I will never, never quiet myself when I should be giving God a shout of praise. And God help me if ever I continue to make more noise for men and less noise for my Savior, Jesus Christ. Because there becomes a moment in the house. Worship team, come up here. Because this is an incredible moment in the house. Because I believe up until the paralytic showed up, eh, folks were just doing church as usual. They were just sitting comfy, cozy, just relaxing. But there were four that decided to shake things up. There were four who were walking in faith for the sake of somebody else. And something happened. It was no longer just another devotional. It was no longer just another church meeting. But somebody got up, picked up their mat. And yeah, that same guy who couldn't get in through the front door now is walking out the front door. Those same people who couldn't make room for him to walk down through the middle and get out, now he's got his mat under his arm and he's going out the front door. Nobody thought much about him just a few minutes ago, but when faith rose up in his heart and he experienced the healing power of Jesus, God, hey everybody, how you doing? In New York City, there's what we call a little bit of a swagger in the wall. It's just a little dip in the right shoulder when you know that you're walking in confidence in Jesus Christ. Excuse me, excuse me. I'm going out the front door. 
I feel really good. I know you didn't think much of me before. I know you didn't really care. I know I was just a nobody, just this guy that was always taking up space in life. But now I know that I belong to Jesus. And I know that I'm a new person. And I know I got life. And so I'm going out the front door. You can say whatever you say about me. But I have been, I have been changed by the power of Jesus Christ. I've been changed. I'm a new person. And I so thank God for four, four who were believing in faith for my life, four who knew about the power of Jesus Christ. And I don't, I don't think they jumped down into the roof. The Bible doesn't say anything about that. Matter of fact, we don't hear anything else about those four. You want to know why we didn't hear anything else about those four? Because all glory belongs to Jesus Christ. I don't think that they jumped to the roof. I think they came back down the stairs. And I believe that they, they met their friend at the front door where it all started. And I believe that as he made his way through the house, there were four guys at the front door just with smiles. I told you. I knew it. This is why we didn't go back. This is why we came to get you, man. This is why I wouldn't give up on you. This is why I refused to come to church without you. Because I wanted to see you healed. And so here you are, man, you're walking out, bro. You're walking out. I can imagine the hugs and the embrace. I can imagine them glorifying Jesus with everybody. And the Bible says, listen, the Bible says that they all glorify Jesus. Now, I'm going to tell you something. This is the word of God. It's the absolute truth. But the beauty of this is, the Bible says that when he went out before them, they were not some, not a few. They were all amazed and glorified God, which means I firmly believe that in that moment, that everybody that was in the house, the doubters, the critics, the ones that just wanted to be entertained, the ones that weren't sure whether they were really all about this or not. But the Bible says that they all, everybody in the house began to glorify God. You see, that, that church service changed when four decided to move forward in faith. Church was never the same again. I'm telling you, preaching Christ church, I'm telling you, you and I, we have to be the four. Every single one of you. May we be the four. Because now as he went out, now there's five. Could you imagine? Who else, man? Who else should we go get? I imagine five now just going to get paralytics, going to get those who are sick, going to get those who are broken and hurting, going and finding strangers and friends because that's, that's it. Full circle. We got to go fishing win souls would you stand up with me oh Jesus oh God God I thank you I thank you I thank you for your presence I thank you for your word your life giving word I thank you Lord God I God deal with our hearts right now Lord God we don't want to be that church that just comes in and just does church as 
usual. Oh God, Lord God, may there be a true burden in our hearts for souls. Give us a genuine burden and a passion, Lord God, to tell somebody about you. Give us a burden for the paralytic. Oh God, give us a burden. God, renew my heart. Renew. Give me renewed passion for the lost. Renewed passion for the broken. Give me renewed passion, Lord God, for family members that I've just written off. Give me renewed passion for those, Lord God, that I've just kind of concluded that they'll never come to know you as Savior. Give us renewed passion. Give us a new burden in our heart for those that are hurting and broken in the name of Jesus. Oh God, thank you, Lord. You see, if that's your prayer, would you just, I just want to know who's with me this afternoon. Would you raise your hand if, if this is your prayer this afternoon? God, give me, give me a burden for the loss because I just, I don't, I don't really feel much sometimes, but give me a renewed passion for hurting and broken people. You can put your hand down. Thank you. Thank you. Man, can you do this with me? And I've done this before. This is not something I just constantly do everywhere I go, but uh, this is important to me. But sometimes we have to make a step forward, standing in the gap for those who we know as paralytics, those who we're going to believe in faith for, those who, as we go home, we're going to call them, text them, write them, email them. We're going to go get them. And I believe that today, Preaching Christ Church is going to represent the four. We're going to believe for somebody God but you have to give us a renewed passion and a burden for the lost and if that's you I, I, this is what I want you to do while you're thinking about that paralytic right now that you know whether a friend a family member or somebody I don't care if it's even the person that you go to every time and they make you your sweet tea but God may, may you give us a burden for that person but I want you to just step out of your seat Let's stand in the gap at the altar this afternoon for that paralytic. And that's you and I saying that when I stand forward and I step in the gap for that paralytic, when I go home today, I'm going to be determined this week that I'm going to reach that person that's broken. And I'm going to be that four and I'm going to be a soul winner going forward. And I'm going to tell you something, regardless of what's going on in your life, you're going to come alive in the spirit when you commit yourself to being a soul winner for the kingdom of God.